When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Time is a tool you can hang on the wall or wear on your wrist. The past is far behind you. The future doesn't exist. At least not here. In the Sky Machine. Miriam stood with her arms crossed, her hip to one side. She let out an exaggerated yawn and went to pull her hollow from her pocket, before remembering she was in a different body. A crowd had formed some twenty feet away from her, bustling around the banks of a river. They huddled in the cold early morning in their grey, dew-bitten rags. They whispered and pointed, leaning into one another to smirk laughing at the young girl at the edge of the pier. Miriam rocked her head to one side and frowned. Why this young girl was chosen, she had no idea. She looked rather plain, though they all looked the same to her. The girl was crying. Every so often she would sniffle pathetically and try to rub the tears from her eyes before remembering her hands were bound. She'd spent a good hour screaming before this point. It seemed she'd accepted her fate now. Shame, really. There's no point if she doesn't struggle. A man stood a few paces behind her in dark robes and a white hat. His teeth were yellow and bared. Susanna Hastings. Please, On today, the 12th of May, in the year of our Lord, 1692... You are sentenced to trial by water Don't do for this. the sin of witchcraft Our Father, and conspiracy with the devil. Hallowed be thy name. If thou art innocent, kingdom let the waters claim thee. I will be done on earth. As the man fell to silence, he stepped forward. The young girl turned, bloodless and weeping. But before she could utter another word, the man stretched out a hand and pushed her into the swirling river. For a moment her head rose above the water, her hands thrashing against the pull, but soon the pressure got the most of the helpless maid and pulled her below. Miriam clicked her tongue and looked around, peering her head through the crowd and back at the town. As the wind picked up she rolled her eyes and tapped the back of her wrist twice. In an instant, the dreary countryside faded from around her and a mash of colour coalesced to form a room. The walls were a smooth, dark metal 
that on occasion would flash with silhouettes. The ground was a projection of some sort, it was different in each exhibition. This one was rough, compacted dirt, and before her lay the exhibit she had just stepped out of. Flickering in a five-second loop, she saw the young girl again, huddled in a booth in her town's tiny courthouse. The animation showed her bringing a handkerchief up to her cheek and back down to her lap, over and over. You are back quite quickly, Lady Carol. Was the scene not to your liking? The young woman beside her leaned forward inquisitively. She wore the standard silver and blue uniform of the Interactive Museum of Interspatial History. Her white blonde curls were pulled back in a bun. She'd almost be beautiful if it weren't for that dreadful mole. It was not. I asked for classical entertainment and you give me witch trials? <laughs> Far too political. Miriam folded her arms and glared up at the woman. Of course, ma'am. Would you prefer something more cultured? She asked with a clean smile. Yes, obviously. What else would I come to a boring museum for? The woman bowed her head and began to lead Miriam out of the room. The museum was an elaborate complex of rooms. The primary facility followed a wheel-like layout, with a bar slash restaurant slash gift shop in the centre. From there, corridors led out into eight main theatres, each one dedicated to one of the primary predators that dominated the systems. These rooms were a dazzling display of each world's past, with conquered solar systems projected onto the ceiling, traditional architecture and inventions prepared for guest interaction, and of course, clones of famous historical figures attending to a guest's every need. But lying off the main theatres were the true exhibits, rooms that wove their way through the timeline of each world, each important event. The assassination of Earth presidents, the consumption of Menloc's tree spawn, the decay of the Barracknall Treaty, and the many executions of Sir Tirafold Wynne. The woman led Miriam through the winding corridors. The ground beneath her feet slowly shifted from dirt to cobblestone. Silhouettes of forgotten peoples danced along the smoothed metal walls. Speckled lights littered the ceilings at the hallways. They marked the constellations of the deep galaxies in real time. Miriam watched as one of the lights blinked out. Eventually the woman stopped at a large exhibit that already had a small crowd milling around it, enough that she couldn't see the display. Lady Carol, this here is one of our most popular displays in the infant period of Earth history. This is the works and the Stop! Great stop! Miriam said, shutting the woman up with a snap of her fingers. I told you already, I want it to be a surprise. The woman nodded. Very well, ma'am. Will the vessel at least be a little more appealing? This time the last one had the most hideous nose. Without faltering her smile, the woman removed a thin tablet from her pocket and lightly input the updated request. Yes, ma'am, I have adjusted the vessel selection to have a more tasteful nose. She nodded. Before you depart, I would like to reiterate the base rules of exhibit interaction. Miriam groaned. Ugh, please don't. Please maintain immersive behavior while within the exhibit at all times. Your appearance and voice have been modified to suit the environment, but your vocal intention will not be altered. 
Please stop. Any intentional activity that may lead to timeline alteration will result in immediate exhibit and museum expulsion and may cause harm or past interference to yourself or others. I am serious. Stop. Exiting the exhibit boundaries will result in immediate exhibit and museum expulsion and may cause harm or past interference to yourself or others. I will sue the arse off you if you don't shut up. Please enjoy your interaction. The woman stood still with a plastered smile, staring straight through Miriam. No wonder this place has such low ratings, Miriam muttered, and tapped the back of her wrist twice. She stepped out onto the cobblestone street, real cobblestones. It was bustling. People wore muted colours and layers upon layers of elaborate dress, or some of them did. Others wore the shambled indication of clothing. Wherever she was, it seemed the poor and wealthy were willing to mix to be there. As a shout sounded down the street, Miriam was pushed out of the way of a horse and carriage that trotted to stop just past her. As she turned to shout an elaborate obscenity at the incompetent driver, she saw all at once that she stood in the shadow of a mighty amphitheatre. It was bathed in beautiful lantern light, and it seemed the last few people were entering for a performance that was just about to begin. She scoffed and picked up her skirts, following the crowd inside. The orange glow had begun to fade from the audience as she entered. She craned her head to try and spy a staircase to the upper seats, but was pulled into the standing room as a crowd carried her forward. Miriam pulled her arms to her chest and wrinkled her nose. The people around her smelt as poorly as they looked, and looked so bad she was quite certain one of them was a donkey in a coat. She tried to turn, to wade back to the entrance, but as she did so, a man stepped out on stage. The moment the lantern light touched his face, the crowd erupted in cheers. Before a word left his mouth, flowers were thrown to him. He hadn't yet bowed, but the audience called his name. Really? She snarled. Shakespeare? The man on stage grinned and bowed. Tis I, my friends! And they cheered again. Miriam glowered so fervently she could practically hear that stupid attendant weeping. Shakespeare? Really? Every grub and their dog has seen, read, and heard Shakespeare. This is what she calls culture? A sellout alcoholic whose plots are so thin they couldn't stop alpha radiation? Miriam smirked as she began writing her complaint report in her head. As the crowd dulled down, she turned to leave. But she paused. A man brushed past her heading for the exit. An ordinary man, in a moth-eaten coat, with oily hair. She stared at where he had been, his silhouette fading in the doorway. It was Tom. Staring unblinking, she began to wade through the crowd. Disgruntled voices pushed against her, but she barely understood a word. They all suddenly seemed quite foreign. The cold night air greeted her as she pulled herself out onto the street, almost empty now. Rolling, eloquent speeches now emanated from inside the theatre, but she strained and heard footsteps fading off to her right. She walked, heels clacking on the cobblestones. She saw a glimpse of the man turn down another lane, hands tucked in his pockets. She followed. He wandered through the streets, Right, and then left, and then right again. 
He was as tall as Tom had been too, much taller than her. He strolled and she fought to keep up, and eventually she did something unthinkable. She ran. Her heeled boots kicked up dirt, the hem of her dress gathered mud. She felt the harsh grasp of cigarettes in her lungs. But eventually she turned a sharp right corner and he was there, waiting for her. She pulled to an abrupt stop as she almost ran right into him. His stance was wide and he towered over her. Suddenly, standing beside him, in a dark street, light years away and real years ago, she remembered how intimidating he could be. What are you following me for? He grunted, glowering down at her. She almost laughed and straightened herself. Tom, it's... I... I don't understand. My name's not Tom, lady. His voice was graveled and bitter. You got a problem or something? Something in his voice dropped a stone in her stomach, and she felt sick, looking up at him, at a face she hadn't seen for seven years. Tom, please, she said weakly. Without noticing, she began to raise a hand, wanting to touch his face one more time. I told you, he said. I'm not Tom. Before he could continue, he was interrupted by the approach of two men. In the dark street, she could only just make out their deep blue uniforms. Do we have any trouble here, sir? One asked, hand resting on a baton at his side. This mad woman followed me from the theatre. Reckon she knows me or something. Tom took a step back, keeping his eyes on the policeman. Have a bit too much to drink at the show tonight, miss? The other laughed. I think it's best we take you home now, don't you think? Said the first. Miriam stepped back, frowning as she looked back and forth between the men. Pardon me, I was only having a polite conversation with this gentleman. You have no right to interrupt me. The officers stepped towards her as she raised her hands. Don't fight us, ma'am. You will come with us. Miriam scoffed. I most certainly will not. You have no grasp on the reality of the situation, I assure you. One of the officers swiped forward, missing her wrist as she dodged out of the way. She laughed as he stumbled, before running square into the chest of the other. He looked down at her with a grin and pulled her hands tightly behind her back. She squirmed, trying to free herself. The officer's hands were clamped tightly over her wrists as he began to push her towards a side street. She only caught a glimpse of Tom as he retreated down an alley. The officers walked her down a narrow street and out onto a larger road. A few children sat in a nearby gutter but scampered through doors and windows when they saw the three of them approaching. I swear to you, I'll make sure you were never born if you don't unhand me this instant, she hissed, beating her shoulder against the man holding her. The officer in front laughed. Very funny, ma'am. They turned left down another alley, and as a shadow was cast over them again, she swung a foot forward and kicked the officer between the legs. She twisted her arms over her shoulder, and freeing her hands, tapped her wrist twice. She tapped again. 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 Nothing shifted but the steam on her breath. What? I don't understand. You have violated the primary guidelines of exhibit interaction. The officer in front of her turned, and in a wave of twisting flesh, shifted his face. A lock of white blonde hair fell from beneath her cap, and a mole materialised above her lip. 
You! What in the void are you doing here? Evidence follows. Miriam jumped back as the officer behind her spoke. She turned to see the same face, blonde and smiling. Active interaction with a non-participant with non-immersive intent. Violation of speech regulation. Attempted timeline interference. Miriam pressed her back to the dirty alley wall. What? No, I wasn't interfering with the timeline! She argued. That was Thomas! I have a right to speak with him! Character profile incorrect, stated one of the attendants. Consequences will now be activated. Whoa, 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 whoa! Miriam said, ducking out of the way of the woman's swipe. Consequences? What does that mean? The two women stared at her with the same face. They spoke in unison. Your interaction has shifted the time stream, and so efforts must begin to revert your influence. Efforts? Uh, like, oh, you want me to pay for timeline repairs? I can do that! She began to feel around in her outfit for her hollow, before remembering she was in a different body. How much do you want? The Interactive Museum of Interspatial History is renowned for its effective and efficient destabilization techniques. Payments made will serve as repair costs and behavioral correction. No, 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 Miriam started. That won't be necessary. I promise you I can afford any maintenance fee you charge. One attendant extended a hand and the chips in Miriam's wrists began to glow. After a moment, they snapped together, binding her hands. What are you doing? Miriam cried as her ankles followed suit and she toppled to the ground. Your vessel will be reclaimed so it may perform the reformative procedure, and you will remain inside to power it until its work is concluded. Power it? Are you insane? Matter harvesting was criminalized eons ago! In instances of laundering, yes. This is a matter of compensation. We can assure you this is completely legal. The women smiled and hummed in unison. They bent down and one by one activated a series of joints running along Miriam's spine. As they began to glow, she felt control leech from her body, oozing from her like blood from an open wound. She lay on the dirty cobblestones till she couldn't even will her eyes to blink. And without moving a muscle, she rose. She stood on her feet, she straightened her back, she offered greeting to the two women while trying to scream. She turned and walked back towards the street. who are seasonal so let me explain okay uh, so it's like people who maybe either hibernate or completely stop existing mm. during certain parts of the year I got oh. this idea because I was at work and I was like hmm I need to think of an idea and I looked at our ice cream fridge and I'm like yes ice cream people <laughs> but I you can explain that more broadly as to like people who just melt during the summer and then reform in winter and continue That's so on with cool, their lives because they like they all live so there are like four varieties of people i guess uh -huh. if there are four seasons i guess so they would all live in the same environment so it would be sort of like well our season is up 
and mm. then in three quarters of a year we wake up again and the whole world has changed do they even know if yeah. that there are other people yeah there? they just know that things change they would all have like belief systems based around the remnants of other people's stuff oh that's so cool yeah and, and now you just give me the idea the remnants that are left behind do they start worshipping each other as yeah, gods that was my thought as well absolutely <laughs> oh. oh cool where did I put my tea oh it's behind the computer sorry go. that could actually tie into what was my second idea but I'm gonna do it now mhm I wanted to do a princess world. Like a Disney princess, <laughs> She-Ra princesses of power princess world. As soon as you said that, I was like, I was a girl in the village. Exactly. <laughs> then I became a princess overnight. Exactly. <laughs> I had a conversation with my dad the other day debating what this show is about. Um, because cause I was like, what are the circumstances under which she was yeah. a girl in the village? She was doing all right. Yeah. And then she just well, she can't be in abject abject, abject poverty because it's a Disney show. Yeah, and not to mention she was doing all right. Yeah. So why did she suddenly become a princess? Did her parents suddenly die? It's Disney. I don't think that happened. And we discussed this for a while, and I eventually looked it up. Her mother married the king, which is the boring option. That's the boringest option. I didn't even think of. I've that. also I thought like, about that. I've also been like, I assume it is a um, princess diaries situation hmm. where. She found out that she was Amelia. Yeah. And then Sophia the first. Yeah, Sophia the first, exactly. But no, she's she's a half. I was thinking, yeah. She can't be royalty then because she's married anyway. Yeah, and I was like, she's seven. Surely they didn't marry her off, right? No. Right. Right. In my head canon, that's what happened. You know, bring some cruel reality into this situation. Well, we're doing mm-hmm. Sophia the First fan fiction. Okay. <laughs> that was, yeah, Princess World. Like, magical, like, where princesses have magic and stuff, and... Everyone's a princess. Y- yeah, or everyone of importance in the plot is a princess. Like She-Ra. How everyone is a princess like, and they get magical powers from being a princess. Like, um... Except Bo. Who is a princess, kind of? I just, I was gonna make a good reference and then I blinked. Oh, no. Twisted! Yes. Everyone's a princess. Everyone's a princess. That is now. how you fix things. That is, it's true. That's that's my first idea. What was your second my idea? My second idea was a train story. A story on a train. Um, do you know Infinity Train? Infinity Train is I think it's a Cartoon Network show. I don't know if it's aired, but it's set on a train that goes forever mm-hmm. and all of the characters are different things. Also, Snowpiercer is a movie slash TV show that I really love. Uh, it's a Bong Jun Ho who did Parasite and Snowpiercer and a bunch of other really amazing movies. He's a Korean filmmaker, um, but he did um, Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. which is humanity has died and now everyone's living on a train uh, in a snowball earth. The train makes like I think it makes like one circuit in about a year. Um, it's always moving, cool. um, and there's sort of like a religion built around the engine. That's um, awesome. It's sort of the movie is sort of like a very heavy-handed allegory for capitalism. Um, nice. But the show like expands it out in a really interesting way. I'm only a few episodes in. I got behind because I started watching season three of Dark, which is amazing. Everyone should go watch Dark. But I just finished Dark, so now I'm going to go back in. Train Story sounds awesome. Yes, it. Uh, as you started talking, I thought of that one episode of Adventure Time. I think Finn is having. I don't remember what it is. He's probably having trouble with like Flame Princess or someone. Mm-hmm. And they get on this train that's just going on a circle and it's a gauntlet and he just keeps going around and mm. I think do they end up getting really old? No, they end up getting really powerful. Oh wow. And I don't know, something happens. XP leveling. But... There's also an episode of the latest season of Rick and Morty that is all an allegory for writing. And mm. so it's the like the story cycle is the train. 
um, like you know the story wheel. Oh, okay. the train yeah, goes in I've seen that loop. one so many times. Yeah. I'm an English major. Yeah, I've seen all of it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, which was yeah. Anyway. Anyway, what's your second idea? What is my second idea? I have to open my phone this. again because I have a bunch of ideas. Oh, time travel theme park. I would oh, like. Oh yes. I would like to tell you about an anxiety that I've had my whole life. Okay. Here is a deep-seated. Um, uh, what's the word? Paranoia. Mm -hmm, Every mm -hmm. time I see a stranger staring at me, I think, they're a time traveler who has come back in time to see my inevitable death. <laughs> oh! <laughs> or like some amazing or terrible event is about to occur and they are here because they paid billions of dollars to travel back in time and witness it. Well, thank you. Now I have that paranoia too. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't so, that fun? Time travel theme park is where people, the absurdly rich, come to watch historical events. Um, in in situ, they go back and they see Thomas Edison inventing the light bulb. Is that who did that? I don't know. They watch the dinosaurs guys. die. Oh, damn. That's yeah. such a good... We have to do that. Can we... We can do it later. <laughs> no, but I love it so much. And oh, okay. I love it right now. What if we do that and then like next time we just do... The do, others? Because I think we really like some of the other ones. Elemental Princess World mm. and also train we could do something with. Yeah. This, we banged it out. We did four good. I was not confident with my ideas No, yours were awesome. And now... Dang it. So which one do we want to do now? I really, really like the time travel theme park. Yeah. And hopefully if we think it out, I can get that fear out of my system and never have to actually experience it. Well, there's nothing you can do about it. This is one of those fears. It's like the fear of the matrix. Mm -hmm. um, that it's like, oh, the whole world's a system. It's like, okay, but unless I'm literally presented with the red pill and the blue pill, what am I going to do about it? I, it's not going to stop me, bud. <laughs> I'm still going to worry about it. That's fair. That's fair. Um... Okay. <laughs> and I take a red pill every morning anyway. Haha. -ha. Ah, I have an iron deficiency. Which one's the red pill? I don't. I think it's the yes, I want to be in the matrix. Oh, wait, I want to. Leave it. No. Yeah, I want to get unplugged. I'm desperately trying to eject myself from reality every morning. Yeah. By getting a little <laughs> more metal in your blood. Yes. So okay. I don't fall over. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the matrix is. So. Uh, the Matrix is a desire to fall over, and taking the red pill means you stop falling over. <laughs> yes. Great. It's like coming Wolverine. So, the fun thing... I don't know if you know anything about Westworld, but I'm thinking it's kind of like a Westworld situation. So, Westworld, the premise, it's like an 80s movie that got remade in 2016 or whatever it was, um, into a TV series by HBO. Um, it's kind of douchey. Um, yeah, I've seen my dad watching it. I kind of got that vibe. Yeah, but... it's, kind of, it's kind of like absurdly pretentious yeah um, mm -hmm, i can see that so the idea is like a bunch of rich people go to this theme park full of robots that and they act out their fantasies on this repeating cycle of, of and they choose a robot. cowboy one there's a cowboy one a samurai one that there are a bunch of them um, is there a pirate one i think maybe good that's the that's only the correct option yeah but it's just like rich people having a power fantasy and um it's like you know the show brings up like the ideas of like the ethical concerns of that because the robots have a limited AI that over time gets better so ah. they have, they're like eventually some of them become aware of the atrocities that have happened to them yeah dang yeah that's fun yeah so I feel like that we're, we're aiming for the same thing where it is a location that you go to that is like a time travel plant hmm. and the people when they are sent back in time have like a bunch of super high tech well they all have to be like tr taught they get like 
put through the ringer of being like, here is how to not affect the butterfly effect. Because when you go back in time, you will be changing the present, mm -hmm. but only a little. So is it like... Uh, yeah, we have to talk about the rules of time so, travel. Oh, no, I'm thinking... So is it like you walk around, you see... Uh, an example of an exhibition you know like when you see on tiktok when you're scrolling down someone's page and they kind of flicker slightly yes. so it's like that you see and you're like, an oh. animatronic of like uh, uh the wright brothers inventing a plane yeah and then you can go yes i would like to visit this one you go click and it like transforms your clothes and you yeah. can step into that yeah that shimmery bubble and then they it transports you back in time mm -hmm. and you are literally in the past mm. and so it's funny because i'm just watching dark dark is about time travel Fascinating show. Mm -hmm. Really good. German time travel. Super, like, it's just amazing. All the characters are wonderful. There's definitely, like, a security guard force has multiple times had to try and stop people from killing Hitler and Absolutely. stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, we the, get it. There's the a Hitler... big sign that says, we get it, but please don't. But please don't, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that would be... This this show, this company is completely moralless because it is all for profit, right? Yeah, totally. So they could use this thing it, like i think like the earth's government has forbidden the use of time travel to alter things yeah. and so they found a loophole like no we're not going to alter anything we're just going to profit off of people going back and looking at hitler yeah um and like a bunch of neo-nazis go in there and it's like awful and yeah yeah there's a whole there's a whole thing of people broke into the music into the theme park one day to sneak in and steal some of hitler's old really bad paintings and they're like <laughs> well we didn't really affect anything because he didn't become famous for it and yeah blah, 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 and we went on to yeah, exactly. Or like Hitler's socks. It, like, yeah. It's funny you talk about time travel. Because it's That's where your socks go. That's if where your socks if go. If your socks just start disappearing, it's because you're going to be famous one day. Exactly. So. That's, the more socks. it's They have a measure and it's these socks to fame. They, in like the gift the, shop, they sell socks. It's they, like the Kevin Bacon scale. Like What is the Kevin Bacon scale? You don't know. Well, not scale, but it's like. There's a. <laughs> It's like each person is given a number depending on how far away you are from Kevin Bacon relationship-wise. Oh, so the smaller your number, the, 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 closer the, you the better are. you are. The yes. closer you are to Kevin yes. Bacon. Yes, the more socks, the more famous. Yeah. So in the gift shop, they sell socks. So mm. they're like, now a lot of people were stealing socks from famous people because they thought it wouldn't affect the time scale. Mm. So what we did is we've done a perfect algorithm. There are lots of like big screens with like pleasing looking women telling mm -hmm. you these things yeah. in a calm voice. What we've done is we've acquired the appropriate, the algorithmically appropriate number of socks from each famous person and we sell them in the gift shop. Oh, they, they, what if they like grow clones of famous people to be the attendants around the oh place? Oh my god, yes. So you can go and like, I don't know. They've acquired like a hair or poo sample from the famous person to clone. Yeah. This is, it relates to another idea I had when I was a kid. I was like, what if there was a, a society of aliens that were scroungers, they made their profit by stealing things that we deemed unimportant, Ooh. like poo and uh, trash and yeah. all this stuff. So this is the equivalent. They're doing that to sell it in a theme park. Oh my god, I love this idea and also it sucks. It sucks so bad. bad. It, it's, it's so gross and dirty. It's and... like uh, it's like capitalism porn in a way that's like, it's so gross, it's but, so it's gross so but it's so interesting. Does this, I feel like this, maybe not, mm -hmm. But could this somehow fit somewhere in the timeline or world of Junker? Because it feels like a similar vibe. Yeah. Maybe off. Maybe it's off somewhere far away, or in the past there was this place. Possibly. I don't know why they just have a similar grungy Junk space vibe. Junker's, Junker's inception idea was like '80s cartoon. 
that's sort of sci-fi. And so I don't not, know if this don't, that matches don't, up. No. They don't quite match up. Yeah. But it's it, we should be thinking that anytime we come up yeah. with a world idea is does this already... That should be one of our questions. Is like, yeah. does this fit into a, a yes, setting somewhere else? Because I like expanding on worlds, mm-hmm. not necessarily just creating exactly. heaps of them. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what kind of places would we see... What are the most popular exhibits? Um, ancient Greece or ancient Rome? People uh, would love to go back JFK's. to JFK's assassination. Yeah. Um, they they like the moon landing, the, oh, the, the launch of the rocket. Uh, they've done a thing in like all of these events where they have altered the time stream mm. just slightly, um, and so that the present world would be a little fucked up from all of the small alterations they've made over time. Yeah. Over the loops through time, mm. um, but they've made it so that all of these events the uh guests are mm-hmm. not like the native people and uh, the native the people to native to that time yeah uh, only like a third of them are the rest are all time travel people in disguise <laughs> yeah yeah i was thinking or maybe they could have like quote-unquote avatars that they've dropped at certain times and so when you step into that world you kind of take over that avatar so they don't start filling up the place but how does that Describe that more to me. So, okay. Um, so when they select a location and time period that they want to be an attraction, they can deploy some kind of like animatronic avatar mm-hmm. that um, already has, or maybe like two of them, Yeah. Um, that already has a time-appropriate appearance uh, and voice and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and when a guest wants to visit a certain place, they push the button and their consciousness is loaded into this avatar oh, so then they can observe the scenario then. Then that means, because if everyone, like with this theme park, there'd be thousands, tens of thousands of people coming through here. That means tens of thousands of people are suddenly in this one place. I think place. that the way that that would work is there would only ever be, a, it's like a limited show run of this event because all of history, you know, over time. And then they would have like, this season we have this event, come and see you can go and see Caesar getting stabbed um, and only 60 people will ever get to see Caesar stabbed. But they're trillionaires that get to go to this park, right? Okay. You have to pay an exorbitant amount of money. What I was thinking, this is kind of a messed up one, but I think this is what we have to lean into. It's messed up. It's messed, it's messed up. up We're talking about... What they've done is they've picked people in the past, right, who have... They've looked at the totality of their life and decided that they're meaningless. And then yes. they killed them. And when you when you zip into the world, you are disguised as them with like a hologram thing. So people see you and they're like, oh, hey, Ron. And you're just like, you, you've been taught the things to say to pass off as Ron. Mm. And then you get to go and do anything you want in that world um, within reason. And it's just as if you're Ron and no one suspects anything. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I feel like... Uh, that's a fun idea. Something we should consider, though, is these are time travel people. Yeah. They've read all the laws about it. Even if someone is very significant then, mm-hmm. there's hundreds of thousands, millions of years after them where people or Because with how um, just family trees work, mm-hmm. in a few million years, that one insignificant, boring person has turned into billions of people any number of which who could be important yeah so i think it would be difficult for them to find 
anyone well, who, you, in the timeline, they could completely erase you, and have you it don't, not affect you don't anything. Er, you don't erase them necessarily. You just pick a point in their life mm. when they're like 60 years old, when you know they're not going to do anything significant mm-hmm. anymore. Um, maybe even like people who have gone missing. No, that doesn't work. What about instead they have a hibernation system mm-hmm. whereby... Uh, yeah, they, they period, take them out because we know that you can they, take things from the past to mm. the present. So they they pull them out, put them in cryostasis, and then put them back in. Yeah, and it's for the the, the day or whatever that yeah. you are acting as that person. Yeah, um, you know that they're not going to be interacted with in any meaningful way, and, and then you can go about your business. They've got like this, and I mean they can keep them in cryostasis for whenever because they can just put them back whenever. Yeah. So they've got this huge gallery of people you can come and you visit to see. pick out your perfect skin, which one wow. you'd like to be. Terrifying. I like this person's outfit. Um, it like it sits the time, but I also think it yeah, suits me. Yeah, there are these like really blah, blah, like blah. people who lead you around in these like white coats who are like, oh no no, you don't want this person. Mm. They're the wrong build for you. You want this person. He's tall. And... This person had a very very fatty diet. It'll make you feel really sick during yeah. your visit. Yeah. Um, Oh, you don't want that. No. Uh, you can pay for the premium upgrade yeah, to, to this wealthy person in the past, and you'll be able to live the high life in the 60s. Yeah. Oh. Terrifying. Oh, and then, oh, what would that... Okay. Mm-hmm. This isn't, I don't think, a branch would get into today, but I yeah. think eventually this company upgrades to... You get to live as this celebrity for a day. Yeah. And eventually, I think that one, maybe that branch of it maybe lasts for a year or two and then crashes and burns because people just start messing with the timeline. These people aren't trained. Absolutely. And then the company crumbles and falls apart. But for now, we're focusing on the theme park. On the theme park. Yeah, there there is a point in the in the timeline of this where it gets all Jurassic Park and everything mm-hmm. goes insane. Uh, all of the you know cryostasis people wake up mm-hmm. and absolutely yeah. Um, so are we agreed on the rules of time travel that when you go back in time you are affecting the the future? You are making a different future every time. It's just mostly the same because they are doing everything they can to yeah. limit the butterfly effect. Yeah, I think. They even have, like, time travel agents, I'd say, in the past who are disguised to, like, usher you in, in the non-butterfly effect direction. Yeah, I I, abs- I like the idea that even if they're trying their very, very best to yeah. keep things exactly the same, no matter what happens, you do this, yeah. you're going to create um, an alternate universe. That's the, just how time works. Yeah. And I like the idea that these alternate universes are thin somehow mm. they're like very unstable yeah uh just i don't know uh yeah just a really watered down version of reality it would be really interesting being someone who goes into the past and then is zapped back to the, the future the mm. present because just through the butterfly effect almost certainly the person who was serving you before no longer works here and a mm. different person works there yeah and they're like oh mr johnson it's nice to see you again and you're like do I know you? And it's like, aha, you're suffering from what we call the butterfly effect. Yeah. The person who spoke to you earlier may not exist anymore. Oh my God, that's so cool. And then they have to deal with the fallout that they stopped someone from existing or having a job here or whatever. I think I need to write a book about this place. Would that be bad? No. Okay. Of course not. That's fascinating. I really like this world. Oh, I'm glad. It's so good. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, it's so we, gross. What have we covered? We've got ultra billionaires coming to this thing. We know the mechanics of time. We know how uh, the business works more or less. Mm-hmm. It's just like on an island somewhere and billionaires come. They stay for a weekend or a week or something. And then at any point they can sort of 
you know, choose what time they want to go through, they pay for the visit, um, and then they delve in, and there's always a chance that they mess something up, and yes. they can't ever come back. What's, like, the structure of the company's hierarchy like? There's probably an extravagant billionaire, right? At yeah, the top, of course. Who yeah. does everything... Billionaire? Are you kidding? Sorry, it's going to be... Quadrillionaire. And way more, yeah. Yeah. Um, this person's inherited millions of years worth of... Yeah. They do everything in their power to ensure that they always... That no one can make a choice in the past that mm. stops them from existing. Yeah, there's like um, some special time shields around everyone in their family tree. So they can't I, I really don't, be I don't think there's even with... like time shields. It's like literal shields. Yeah. It's like uh, they have a, a, a fleet of completely illegal, but they're a, an infillionaire so they can't be stopped mm -hmm. um uh security guards yeah. who ensure that the timeline stays the same around those people even yeah. to the extent that if something in the original they have like a write-up of the original timeline mm. if like some of the characters you know that interact with them stop existing they fake it they yeah. pretend to be that person come yeah. in and do the exact same things on a script as actors oh, to God. ensure that they stay the same people are just gonna get worse they are unless we oh, stop them eat them and we have the power to do so we, we the people can stop them okay oh that's terrifying I, the, the, this billionaire character is so like scary and interesting so scary. and i'm certain they use the uh sort of body shifting abilities that we have um access to to um make themselves look like whatever they want yes hmm Okay, so that's the structure. Is like there's probably that, and then there's like a science department. Mm. There's like a, a chronology department who, their job is to. I don't know how this would work, but we know that with the way that you can like you can take items and you can put items between time mm. streams, and they there's like the cycle of time, right? Mm. Um, that using that system, there is a group in this organization whose job it is to track all of the changes. Yeah. They have like a change log going for their oh. very like structured environments. It's like, this is the 1960s idyllic town, mm. but you can't actually go beyond the constraints without like guards turning up and being like, you're actually outside of the theme park right now, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, this isn't the predetermined yeah. um, plot because they don't have like records or they yeah. don't have anything scripted. It's be really interesting to tell the story of someone trying to escape their life by like oh. pretending to be a billionaire who is paying is that, for this. Is that what my book's going to be about? I or mean, is that going to be the story? I mean, you can always start... The beautiful thing about short stories is that you can write a short story and then expand it into something huge. Um, so I feel like that would be fascinating. Oh, there are so many stories damn. you could tell in this, though. So many. I feel like this it's would, as so a book, fun. this would be amazing to just do a bunch of short stories in. Totally. Mm. Man, it's so good. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I'm kind of happy with this. Yeah, I don't know how don't much know else how there much is. Well, you know, the structure of this organization, yeah, you've got these weird time security guards. Oh, I reckon and... there'd be a pathetic council billet, like milling around this quadrillionaire, uh, and they're really just a group of snotty rich people who are trying mm. to keep themselves yeah. around the feet of the important one. Yeah, know. yeah, he has, he has like a... I just imagine it's a male. Like, how, how yeah, not? Of course. Although it's probably far enough in the future that gender isn't really a concept anymore, but... <laughs> same vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then there's also, like, the Earth's government, 
you know, the global government who mm-hmm. try to keep this dude in check. Yeah. But he's just so rich he and just, powerful. He's they, more rich than the government. Exactly. It, all, yeah, all up in, in some total, the wealth of the entire planet does not compare to his individual wealth. Oh, that's the scariest thing I've ever heard. The infillionaire Jeff Bezos. <laughs> it is just Jeff. No, it's not Jeff Bezos. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, so we've made a capitalist hellscape. Mm-hmm. Where they make profit but off of time travel. The worst thing is, I could see it happening. Yeah, absolutely. This is why time travel should not be invented. Yeah. <laughs> One of the many terrible ethical reasons that time travel should not be invented. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. I, I love it so much. God, I can't wait to hear this story. Yes, me. Oh, it has some cool, cool sounds. Yeah, we could do some cool sound stuff, mm-hmm. cool voice stuff of like traveling nice. back in time and. Cool. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Um, We'll see you in 10 seconds. Yay. Machine, a collective world-building podcast about dynamic, fantastical, and concise storytelling. Is it collective? Is that the word? Is it? Or is it collaborative? I think collective is good. Um, They're the same word. Interchangeable. (laughs) Hi, welcome to the Sky Machine. Oh, we have our wonderful third co-host here, our producer. (laughs) Um, uh, Shout out to Drawfee. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of them lately. It's they're so good. So good. So good. Go um, watch Drawfee. Go watch... Why are you listening to this? You should be <laughs> watching Drawfee. I assume Mistakes. you're caught up on your Drawfee homework if you're listening to this. Yes, absolutely. Right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was our time travel theme park? Not theme park. We went with a different... Uh, change it to museum. Museum makes a lot more. Uh, the tone theme is appropriate. Theme park is fun. Theme park is fun. But museum rich is... people don't go to theme parks. Yeah. Uh, unless it's Disney World. Um, yes. But that's a thing on its own. Mm-hmm. It's really what we made is capitalist hellscape Disneyland. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's just Disneyland. Future capitalist okay. hellscape okay. Disneyland. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a very fun episode. The story uh, turned out really interesting. Uh, I think it established a lot of the concepts that we talked about in the world building really well um, in a really fun way. Uh, I'm nodding. Just y- you're nodding. I'm nodding. Yeah, great for our audio. Video. Yes. <laughs> the vibe gets picked up, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's like a reciprocal sort of nature. Yeah. Um, all right. Did you have any uh, like tips or tricks or anything to start us off? Uh, yeah, I have a resource I want to share, actually. Uh, it's one I found on TikTok. So I will share both the person who shared it with me mm-hmm. and also the resource itself. So this is like a mini handbook by Monty Cook Games. And it uh, is all about consent in gaming. Oh, very cool. It's so good. I haven't properly sat... I've, like, skimmed through the book itself, and it Mm. looks really, really good. It's talking uh, a lot about stuff like the default answer is no. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a spectrum for each topic. Anyone is allowed to leave when they're in an uncomfortable situation. yeah. But it's also one of my favorite bits of it. It's got a uh, sheet at the end, and it also comes with a... form fillable like printable version of an RPG consent checklist so Mm -hmm. each of your players can go through and fill out like whether they're like gung-ho definitely put this in Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know maybe a little bit or definitely please don't put this in 
And I like that because then not only do people not need to necessarily shout it out loud if yeah. they might be uncomfortable with that, um, but then also people can't think of things they're already written down. This is helpful, yeah. And it ranges from things like um, torture to rats mm. and like lots and lots of different things on there. Yeah. And I think it's just really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I listened to um, a roundtable, I think it was on Macro Family um, YouTube channel with... Um, a bunch of different dungeon masters or game masters in general mm. um and they talked about this sort of stuff about like there's a concept of lines and veils where you know you talk to people it's like this is the line this is where i draw the line this is something uh, versus this is something that i'm uncomfortable with but i'm happy with it to just be veiled yeah uh say for example if you're uncomfortable with like death and it's like well characters can still die i just don't want it to be described in detail yeah totally. it's just like we just say and then they die yeah yeah like there's a section on here about relationships so both mm. romance and sex whether you want it to fade to black yeah. or just be between pcs and yeah. that kind of thing this is free as well yeah. this pdf to download so i'll put there's a currently a link in the discord both in sorry little puppy toenails on the wooden floors yeah if you can hear a, a delightful pup exploring um <laughs> she wants to be on the podcast she she hey, keeps asking us she says please and we say Do you we can't tea? speak a language tea we don't have tea charlie i have tea Oh. Charlie really likes tea, but specifically she needs milk and sugar in it. So she sees my cup and gets excited. But then when I hold it down for her to sniff, she's like, no, <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. Spoiled. Um, yes. No, but uh, so both on the discord, both in the resources. She wants my pets. <laughs> both in the resources chat and in the chat for this particular episode, I'll put it just so you can find it whenever mm. um but yeah no it's actually free to download that's mm. really good yeah it's very cool yes very important things cool. um but, but yeah in that the podcast the uh the round table i was talking about they talked about mm. those and it was very interesting um seeing all the different uh versions there are so many different like varieties there's like the the stoplight system where it's like green is the sort of default but then there's just other cards like an orange or an amber i guess it's called amber that people can touch if it's like oh watch out and yeah. then a red if it's like we need to stop right now mm. Mm, it's yeah, very that's interesting really awesome consent very cool. is very very important in very rpgs important. absolutely you're exploring uh concepts with meaning mm. you know um and and you're, and you're like diving into the headspace of another person yeah like taking on their experiences and characters go through awful things yeah yeah I, I, that's sort of the point mm. you know um, I, I I remember in one of my games playing uh, one of my main characters Jasper a tabaxi druid um, and Jasper went through some awful stuff and started feeling really depressed and so I took that <laughs> on and started feeling really depressed in these sessions and it was it was awful it's hard yeah it's really tough you're really kind of uh, become part of your character it's true and it's it can be very beautiful though like it's a it's oh, a wonderful absolutely. space to work through that sort of stuff um and it's i think th these things can even be like a, a tool if there is consent around it of mm. like hey this is something that you're not necessarily comfortable with uh are you happy for us to explore that in a safe environment where yeah, it's like totally. you, you can't be hurt um but again like there needs to be consent there because otherwise you're just shoving that on your players yes. and that's horrible and that's bad on your friends your real life yeah. human friends yeah absolutely um okay cool mm. is there anything else you wanted to say about that one um 
Not really. Uh, yeah, your story is never more important than the comfort of your friends. Absolutely. And stories can be tweaked very easily. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's true. There's there's always a workaround. Mm. Um, and like I think Austin Walker on that roundtable was saying, sometimes uh, I've had players say, hey, I can see where this is going. I'm not comfortable with it. And I've been forced to change my story. And it's been much cooler. Yeah. <laughs> like totally. narratives. Oh, it's, it's, it's sort of like how in a lot of series um like especially anime it'll be like oh no there's a reason that this character is over sexualized there's a reason that this character yeah, is naked it's like, and it's like okay but the author wrote that reason yeah the reason wasn't divined mm -hmm. you know from a higher power yeah. the author was like here's an idea i have yeah and it was motivated probably by their own yeah. thing um and it can be changed. Narratives can be changed. Totally. Narrative reasons and stakes, and it's all fodder for the uh, like the emotional output, I guess. Like the the engagement and reaction that the audience has to the content. And if you are knowingly or inadvertently making a negative, unsafe um, yeah. reaction for your audience, that's terrible. Don't do that. Hmm. Um, yeah okay yeah. that's that's very important yes very important did you have anything you wish to discuss not broadly uh uh again related to rpgs i wanted to say and i guess media in general i was like i've been thinking a lot about like not basing your interest in storytelling in rpgs or you know narratives or whatever on a single genre or on a single piece of media mm. even because you know if that falls through suddenly you don't have a personality anymore um like uh especially like dungeons and dragons has such a prevalence and there are so many wonderful games out there yeah um i was just listening to i was telling you about this i was listening to friends at the table austin walker who i mentioned moments ago is mm. um the gm for friends at the table and they played a special bonus episode of, um, I think it's called Sports is Just Numerology, where it was <laughs> a sports role-playing game where each of you played like rival sports players and you used a random number generator to generate like statistics. And then you would say like, oh, this is my batting average for this season. And then the other player says, why do, why do I remember that batting average? Why is that significant? And then you tell a story between the two of you. Oh, and it's awesome. very fun. Because um, they played it in a sci-fi, ridiculous, absurd setting where most of the sports, except for golf, were played in mechs, hmm. um, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just so much fun. These characters, I was like, oh my god, the sexual tension. Um, <laughs> between, um, well, yeah. yeah, between this robot and uh, designed for be doing sports well and this man mm -hmm. who's good at sports and also a narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can, just the description, so I can hear it. Yeah, yeah Memphis Longhand. Um, <laughs> that is his name. That doesn't help the situation. It doesn't. I think he's like a character from another setting as well, from, from another story that mm -hmm. they like brought back, which was really fun. Um, because they have this sort of expanding universe uh, in their sci-fi world and also their fantasy world, I guess. Uh, Friends at the Table, just fantastic. I've been listening to a lot awesome. of it lately in lieu of all the other shows I should be listening to. And it's just great. But yeah, I, I wanted to say branch out and try it's other really genres. Try, totally. Yeah, don't make rules for yourself mm -mm. about like, oh, this is what I've enjoyed in the past. Like, yeah, but there's a reason that other people like it probably. Yeah, As totally. long as it doesn't have any like out and out abhorrent things implicit in the genre mm. there's probably something good about it yeah totally yeah
Uh, we just wanted to do a little bit of a shout out in this section as well. Uh, we have a website where people can uh, just send messages to us. Mm. It comes straight through our email. Uh, if you ever want us to send us a message, feel free to. Solid way to do it. Yeah. But it looks like someone's already found it. So I just wanted to share one of these messages with you. It's, it's, really, it's really lovely. Well, we assume to be a loving listener. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so their first name is uh, Personal Loan Account. Oh, oh very interesting. Wow. Uh, and their last name is Robber. Robber? No, Rubber. Oh, Rubber. 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 Like, like tires. Yeah. Or like bouncy balls. <laughs> yeah, like those two things. And, um, and the message, it just really, really hit home for me. Code specifically reserved for testing purposes. Wow. Wow. So keep that in your heart <laughs> while you're out in the world. I've in these got it written on, like, on a sticky note by yeah, my bed. It's just, just so gonna... motivational. I think Gandhi said that. Yeah, it sounds something like that. Does that sound like something Gandhi would say? Something say. <laughs> so send those messages in. I'm I'm hyped for what you have to say. Yeah, we have, and we have more of these inspiring like, messages. At least like twenty more. Yeah. So, so maybe, look out for the, yeah. the, another pearl of wisdom. Absolutely. Next Some episode. of them are just inspiring. Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I had a thing as well. Oh, hell yeah, go for it. Um, I have decided sort of late that I'm going to do Smorgast, um, where you draw a dragon every day based off, pardon me, based off of a prompt list. Yes. Prompt, prompt list. Um, mm -hmm. So I've got a prompt list from, oh gosh, he has a name. Um, it, it's in the Discord. It's in the Discord if you wanted to find it. Uh, and I'm, I'm uh, working away at little dragons every day mm -hmm. and i think if, i was hoping it would be fun on uh the discord to make a little world using them trying to like yes, fit them into a little world so like the first one was um a little skinless cat uh, skinless oh my god that's what amelia kept saying the other day she kept saying skinless, skinless? cat and i was like oh jeez i was like they probably have that oh, <laughs> they have oh, that and no. you know it. Does, it does the hair grow out of their organs oh that's okay new world idea skinless cat <laughs> um a hairless cat style dragon <sighs> um and then the next one the, the prompt was star um so i made like mm. a constellation and i was like oh what if this Ooh, could nice. be like a deity that is worshipped here based off of this constellation that's sort of dragon shaped um, and it's been really fun to make a sort of evocative looking dragons um, mm -hmm. and making an ecology for them would be very cool. Very nice. Um, but yeah, so you can check that out on, uh, I've been posting them in the Discord, uh, but also on my Instagram, Cartographer Extraordinaire, uh, which I was originally for maps and I just don't use it as, as much as I should. Um, and this is a really wonderful excuse to, mm. to use it again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do we have a writing prompt? Uh, I, I have a word. Oh, please. Glitter. Oh, that's great. Um, my word is blades. Oh, that's fun. What a good combo. Yeah. Uh, just for your visualization as well, I have been drinking tea this whole time, but I've been doing the like Oran High School Host Club thing of sitting your pinky, oh, pinky down, down first to, and then to, lowering yes. the cup Genius. so you don't hear it. Yeah, that's... that's uh, $10 to anyone who can pick out all of the clinks in our episodes from us very gently putting down cups of tea while we record because <laughs> it's almost every episode oh yeah every single one mm. it's the brain juice yeah it's what we need open your head and pour it and directly pour it in. into the brain I, I did take a, a selfie this morning of me with a cup of tea and sent it to my friend with a tagline goblin juice that yeah. makes the goblin work and it was like a little flower cup and then I made this little story about how I went out into a field and picked a flower full of 
warm juice. Oh, um, that's lovely. You're you're a goblin. I yeah. like to picture I like to picture it as like the oil for my uh, my clockwork mechanism. I'm, a, I'm <laughs> like Archie. I'm like oh my god. I'm like, why did I go to say Archie? I'm I'm sorry. I'm a bad nerd. You can be Archie too if you no, want to. No, I'm C3PO, but like all clockwork and stuff. And I open my head and pour tea inside. <laughs> we should totally to get someone to dm us uh, a campaign where i'm a goblin and you're a uh, warforged um yes. little wait hold on we already have those characters in oh my Amanda's god. campaign oh, oh my god whoops whoops sorry amanda i was sorry, like amanda. yeah that'd be f- wait we already have those exact characters <laughs> oh no my we're so consistently the same yeah my character's name is pigeon pigeon scum pile good yeah Okay, that's uh, all we that had to one say. Just kept going. It's just kept going. We had so many things. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you. Tune in next time. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 Finally. Finally. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, it's me. I lied to you. It's not finally goodbye. There's more. But it's just me. Um, hi. I have uh, a quick announcement to make here at the end of the pod- podcast. Very. <laughs> I'm not gonna cut that out. Good luck. You can you can just keep that. That's a special present just for you. Um, I have a special announcement to make here at the end of the podcast. I say very eloquently. Um, recently, uh, Dylan and myself have been contacted by a very special person, and we have been recruited to be a part of a podcasting network which is the craziest thing I can't I can't believe I can say that and put it out into the world and it's real and it actually exists this podcast network is called that's not canon which is a dope name by the way Um, (laughs) it's a primarily Australian podcast network Uh, it's been running for five years or so with over 70 awesome podcasts on it and now 71 awesome podcasts <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, pretty much this network is just a big group of people that all love making podcasts together and help each other out it's going to change absolutely nothing about this we still have complete control over the podcast and what goes on nothing about your experience but our experience is going to change it just means we get a bit of support along the way it might mean somewhere down the line we might be able to get sponsorships which might mean we have money to get better equipment so if anything this is like super super good so you know get hyped you can follow them on instagram they also have a website where you can find all the other podcasts that they host they're all really cool there's some really cool looking D podcasts and some nerdy ones and some cool writing ones definitely check it out there's some really nice stuff hopefully we might even have some uh, collaborations with some of the people from those podcasts in the future so stay tuned for that just so you know as well, um, I'm going to start actively putting trigger warnings uh, in the descriptions of every episode. I'm also going to bo- go back and retroactively put some trigger warnings in. This is something I should have done from the beginning, but it slipped my mind and I'm going to do better now. So um, if there are any issues that uh, particularly affect you, feel free to uh, drop them in the Discord or join our Discord and personally message me or personally message someone else to message me with any issues. So if that topic ever comes up in an episode, I will put that trigger warning in the description so you know ahead of time. Also for anything particularly serious, um, like what I did with Belladonna, if there's 
anything like particularly gory or morbid in the story, I'll probably put a warning in the podcast audio itself. But yep, just from now on, if you have anything that might affect you, just check the description. I'll try and put as much detail in there as I can so you can avoid any discomfort because we're not about that. We're about having fun and pleasant writing and D&D talks. (laughs) Um, Thank you for sticking with me for this little extra bit and yes I love you very much and Charlie who is sitting next to me loves you too (laughs) goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.